I think the EU is getting all serious about trying to regulate Apple because they're jealous. Yeah, trying to regulate the regulator. They're basically doing, they basically want the same things. They're regular haters. Regular haters. Regular haters. Apple is trying to like control its user base, make all these rules about how they're like, Users, their constituents, if you will, are you know can allowed behave. To live, allowed yeah. to act, allowed to interact with one another. And you got the EU trying to do the same thing. Doing the same thing, except the users are citizens. It's hypocrisy, is what it is. Yeah, that why can't they be like other uh, governmental jurisdictions and just uh, not make any laws at all? Complete laissez-faire, just letting people drive on the sidewalks. <laughs> Download whatever they want, sideloading. They yeah, call side it loading, sin. I yeah. say it's basically like running people down on the sidewalk if you sideloading an app. So think about that. This yeah. was not condoned <laughs> by God. Yeah, that's right. We're here to talk about Apple and the EU and uh, some of the most recent developments. Um, last week, because this is coming out on Monday, February nineteenth. Last week, Apple was let off the hook in regards to iMessage when it comes to... Slap on the wrist. The EU um, regulating them. Well, yeah, sort of. Because, like, so the EU's Digital Markets Act, Mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to kind of rein in all these tech giants who are, you you know, operating willy-nilly, doing whatever the heck they want, closing down their ecosystems, behaving in a way that I don't antitrust. That was half-baked. And uh, the I- iMessage was going to be, they were investigating. The EU was investigating whether iMessage should be one of these core platform providers and, yes. and thus subject to more regulations. Especially because it technically meets the legal definition. Um, it's, what is it I wrote down? Mm. Uh, the legal definition is it uh, has at least 45 million EU users every month. And it's controlled by a firm with at least 75 billion euros in market capitalization. And iMessage fits those definitions. But mm. uh, Apple specifically was arguing that it should that it should be excluded um, for various reasons. Right. Which, you know, and we heard... Oh, sorry. And I'll say that the development here is that... So it, even though it fits that definition, the EU decided has made an explicit carve out right for not only iMessage but they also made the same thing for Bing uh, Edge browser and Microsoft's ad services right and so we know you know we 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 published our tech link about this last week and we got a lot of comments from you guys talking about especially specifically you the ones of you that are in the EU and you were like we don't use iMessage this is not a big deal Mm-hmm. We're totally down with this because we all use WhatsApp instead. The other platform offered by a tech giant with like uh, near complete control over social media. Which is itself actually considered a gatekeeper by the EU. Right. WhatsApp has been designated um, under the DM- DMA. As it should. As it should. Yeah. So So the EU kind of has backed off on at least that aspect of it Mm -hmm. and you know the eu people uh people who live in the in europe might be like okay it totally makes sense over here in north america you know bit of a culture clash definitely because over here a lot of people use iMessage iPhones. my entire family yeah i think i think that android phones altogether still have more market share but Mm -hmm. apple is like it's like samsung and then apple yeah it's up there 
I looked it up recently. I forgot what it was. But a ton of people use iPhones and iMessage over here. And it was it was interesting. It It's always interesting reading uh, people who live in the EU posting online about how we're li- they're like, we don't understand why North Americans are so worked up over this whole green bubble thing. Like, mm. it's just a bubble. You know, like... <laughs> why does it matter? <laughs> uh, and I would agree with that to an extent. I do think we get to d- tend to get over-obsessed with the green bubble. Because iMessage is interoperable to an extent. Yeah, it just sucks. You can message them. It's just you feel like a second-class citizen the entire time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure to some people they they do. I, You know, I'm somebody who my friends and family, nearly all of them use iPhone. Oh, I am my- the black sheep of the family group chat, I, 100%. Yeah. Actually, two of my brothers are... I have four brothers. Two of them are Android users. That's important context. When um, you say two of my brothers, immediately like, <laughs> is there like 12 Riley Murdochs <laughs> yeah. wandering the countryside? <laughs> they, are, they are. It's a menace. Well, please Just, be careful out there. Just mustaches <laughs> rustling in bushes. They will laugh awkwardly uh, all the time. Just for no reason. Um, two of them are Android users and basically every other person in my friends and family uh, circle are iPhone users. So it is really annoying when I get a... Like, I'll get messages, because it sucks for both parties. Mm-hmm. I'll get messages with a with a photo or video from my parents, and they're like, look at this. And, the, like, they were babysitting my kid the other day, and they sent me, like, a video. Yeah. And I'm just like... Compressed, blurry. You're just like, I don't remember him being that pixelated when I dropped him off. It looks like he's either having fun or being disemboweled by a <laughs> stuffed animal. I don't know what's going on, so... <laughs> you seem excited. I'll judge from context that he's not dead. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, it, it's designed to annoy both sides of the interaction. Yeah. It is designed to annoy the Android users, and we're the one who tend to fixate on it, but it's also intended to annoy iPhone users. Right, into not doing anything. Well, but that's, the, that's what I'm confused about. Yeah. You want your own users annoyed with... But I think that's I think they're depending on iPhone users on mass, not really understanding the root cause of the issue. No, they don't understand that Apple could fix it. They think the problem is that oh, I'm I'm texting this broke Android user with their inferior device. Yeah, why don't they just buy an iPhone? And it's like no, Tim Apple specifically in his in his (laughs) giant tower of evil. (laughs) He has been plotting. To make it so that your grandkids' photos look like absolute messes. Look upon your photo library and despair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Can, may I just say that I found recently that some people have actually made compilations yes. of me doing the Tim Cook impression. And it made me so happy. If you, if, if whoever did, I think there's two big ones that are out there. Maybe a third one. I don't want to make anyone angry. If you made those, I sincerely thank you. They those are fun. Are <laughs> they bring me joy. Um, but yeah, this iMessage thing, it's uh, gotten North Americans confused. And there was another thing that kind of came out last week about Apple and the EU and the regulations and whatnot, um, which was these the Apple's attitude towards progressive web apps. Mm-hmm. Can you summarize exactly? This is not something that is in the official build yet. This is in beta builds. Mm. And uh, in the past three, so like the, with the first two, they're like, oh, this might be a mistake. This might be a glitch. Right. Now that it's been like three separate builds, 
Apple has not fixed this. This was previously functional. They're like, okay, this this is probably intentional. This is probably Apple doing something intentionally, especially because it's happening at the same time as all of these other changes. Right. Um, and it's that they are making uh, progressive web apps um, non-functional in this build. So... So they're just ba- they're breaking them. Um, they're breaking them. They're breaking them. They're making them no longer act as apps that you can open from the home screen. You know, boop, there you go. Uh, and they're making them into essentially they function now as shortcuts that just open a web browser. They just open the web page. Which, so to they, be fair, mm-hmm. is essentially what progressive web apps are, right? Yes. Like, I mean, they are to a, shortcuts. They kind of like they're they're shortcuts, but they kind of also like some processing is done on the device and some is brought. It's done. the illicit love child of an app and a web page. Right. They have features of both. Um, they do allow you to have like local storage, which is no longer operable on iOS. Um, they do allow notifications, which is no longer operable on iOS. Yeah. Um, and the big thing is about progressive web apps. Like, I don't actually see like a huge user backlash to this. Yeah. Um, well, and and because this is mostly something that the brands themselves really like. Yeah. So I was doing. I you know I have in the years that I've been covering tech news, I've encountered the idea of progressive web apps, obviously, and I've like seen them. You know, yeah, because they they support caring for the homeless and they. They want they want healthcare. Progressive web apps. <laughs> and also they're really convenient. They open they really, straight from the from, straight from the homepage. They're web apps. <laughs> they're web apps that push for change. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So there's sort of like um, there's there's sort of uh, changes to the 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 app design that allows it to kind of like you know launch more responsively and uh, you know be be a bit easier to use. Uh, in the way that an app is like a like an actually installed app, but it is an it's basically a website still, yes. Because it is yeah, you're going through a browser, and in my it's an Uber web page that operates like the Uber app. Yeah, L- looking these up uh, a little bit just a few minutes ago, I because I, I I asked myself, I'm like, why do these exist? Who wanted these? Does this really make life better for users or for like business owners and it seems like the people who really wanted these were were business owners i don't want to speak for anyone if you're uh you know on the user side of this and you're like i love progressive web apps every time i you know go on my browser and look up uh we don't a mean website, to invalidate your lived experience yeah i go on a website and it tells me maybe you want to switch to the web app or whatever uh and you do that and you're very happy then fair enough. But for me, every time that it gave me that prompt on my phone, I'm like, no, just go to the, just go to the website, please. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. And uh, so. We are old men, so. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like this newfangled business. As far as I can tell, the reason web apps really became a thing is because they allow businesses to kind of farm more interaction and engagement from users when they go to a website. So apparently, they, they decrease the friction of getting the consumer on on the app, engaging with the material, buying the goods. Yeah. And so apparently, uh, Pinterest, a 2018 review published by Forbes, this is just on Wikipedia, found that users of Pinterest's progressive web app spent 40% more time on the site compared to the previous mobile website. Revenue increased by 44%, core engagements by 60%. So. 
I'm like, okay, I understand. You know, because a, prog a progressive web app is a bit easier to use than like it's a, a lot of mobile experience. sites. Right. It has less friction, less of those petty annoyances that make you go, oh, yeah, I should really go make something to eat. I should really go clean clean the house. Right. It, it, it's easier to just suck you in. I guess the benefit, though, for users is that you can they have an app. They spend less time with their kids. <laughs> Uh, and more time sucked into a screen. You know, and anything that can that can get you away. Just that little bit of a dopamine hit to take away the nigh, unstopping pain of existence. And Apple doesn't want that because they they want your families to remain intact. Absolutely. And buy more Apple products. This, <laughs> this is this is a Tim Cook conspiracy mm -hmm. to maintain the the traditional family. I'm not going to do another impression. The the. <laughs> <laughs> the bait didn't work. We get so excited on the writing team every time. <laughs> every time, every time Tim Cook makes an announcement, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, he's back. Yes. Um, but the benefit for the users is the fact that you can have like an app-like experience outside of the distribution channel that is the um, the Apple App Store or the, or Google Play. Mm -hmm. So businesses can deliver this sort of experience to users without going through all jumping through all those without hoops necessarily having to use those stores as an intermediary right and that's why apple wasn't really a fan of it to begin with apple was never a fan of it they right. could, uh, caved a bit to pressure <laughs> yeah and it looks like they're uncaving it looks like they're digging out that cave oh wait really i thought they well, i mean this well, they're killing them, right? Yes, but they didn't want to put them in the first oh, place. Oh, they caved to the pressure to allow... Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. And but now they're uncaving. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. The cave, you know, I don't do well with cave analogies. They're decaving. Right, and, and like caving is not... It's something that is not excavating a cave. It just means going inside yes. a cave. Spelunking. Oh, there's that. What? Wait, what is caving? I, I'm honestly... Well, I mean... I don't know if there's multiple definitions of the word cave. Um, I know that like caving, also known as spelunking, yep, and potholing. So I have never heard of that that's, before. I, they're just making them that up at this point. That sounds dirty. <laughs> now, does this have anything to do with the EU thing, really? Because Apple was forced to open up iOS to third-party app stores, sort of. We'll get into that. Um, because they were forced to do that. Now they're like, well, I guess we don't need progressive web apps, which was the previous method to kind of like skirt the app store. Now you're going to have your very own third-party app store instead of the Apple app store on your iPhones. So you don't need progressive web apps anymore, so they're only killing these. Are you these. happy now, developers? Yeah. Stop crying! <laughs> they're, so they're only killing it in the European Union. Yes, it's exclusive to yes. the EU. <clears throat> and that's another hint, is like, okay, you, you're doing this intentionally, it's exclusively in the EU, is this a response to the other things going on in the EU? Because, you know, Apple does do these things to keep regulators happy, and if it's making a, making a concession in another area, Maybe we don't have to make this concession anymore. Mm. And of course, uh, as their ex official explanation, Apple has to claim that malicious web apps could read data from other web apps and gain access to a user's camera, microphone, and location without user consent. And like, think of the user when they they said similar things For like this. Shame. <laughs> they the said user. They said similar. They did scary language like this as well when they released their like new rules for the App Store in the EU. But at, like those things are true. Yes, they are. Of any platform, if malware gets it, so it's like the the 
You know, maybe we should talk about this when we like as we talk about the other regulations, but just quickly Anytime Apple talks about security as a reason for why they need to lock things down, it always reads so hollow because every other platform allows these things and and is able to have reasonable security, like reasonable, security, reasonable, reasonable protections. Safety. But Apple is the only uh, massive company, like overseeing one of these massive platforms used by so many people who insists that they have to have things locked down so Mother tight. Knows best. Yeah. It's and, very paternalistic. It is. And it, it, it's it's one of those competing values kind of things where it's like, well, you, you want you want these these services to be safe, right? And I do. I do. I very much do. <laughs> but it's, the question is not, should this be safe? Is, are you balancing this correctly with other concerns? Mm. And largely i i it, it is almost always the case that apple is pushing always like 10% too far yeah yeah it's, it's 10% just, too far and it's interesting because even when they do kind of open up they open up in the most limited way possible which like a reluctant child who's been told to apologize <laughs> dragging yeah, their yeah. feet and saying i'm sorry I, <laughs> I well but it's even it's worse than that because they're not acting petulant or like you no. like like a kid so they're much as they upon. they're acting like a dictator that was just forced to like respect human rights like yeah. they're like okay i guess we will uh, but allow just people. so you know, this is letting the communists win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just so you know, if we let people out of their cells, they could punch each other. So, on the street. So everyone needs to stay. That's why we need a curfew. Ha! This video doesn't have quick bits, but if it did, they'd be brought to you by Volcanica Coffee. Pair your tech news with a nice cup of joe. Volcanica Coffee sources their beans from the finest crops in the best volcanic regions from around the world, where the soil is rich not with rocks, but minerals, Marie! Their exotic, high-quality coffee has distinctly different flavors and nuances to tantalize your taste buds. If you like good coffee, or you know someone who does, check out Volcanica Coffee at the link below and use code LINUS15 for 15% off your order. So that that brings me to the the App Store rules that Apple uh, instituted because they were forced to because there was a deadline, um, or the deadline is coming up. We yes. haven't hit the deadline yet, but they know that they have to get these rules out, and then there's a review process, and like mm-hmm. the EU has to approve them and all that stuff. And that I don't think anything has really moved forward on that. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, the deadline is it's coming up March sixth, I believe. So yeah, Apple allowing Apple is now allowing third-party app marketplaces, what they call. Well, they they do have the bit of the Kleenex problem where their their word for an app store <laughs> became the default word for an app store. <laughs> yeah, and I you guess know. they were really like the first big one. Yeah, they called so them like, apps. Yeah, you know, we all the Play Store is also an app store. Not only so so they they're they're saying we're allowing you to have these third-party app stores. However. Every app that goes on the app marketplace that is not ours, like a wedding, we still have to scan it. <laughs> we still have to like make sure that it's cool, which is, you know, somewhat fair on yeah. macOS and on Windows. 
you can install any app you want and the system security will scan the app when it's installed and mm-hmm. be or or it'll check it against a list of currently known, you know, malicious apps or whatever and it'll give you a warning or like whatever. But Apple's saying that in order for you to publish an app on this other app store at all, they need to notarize it. For you to even consider downloading it, it must pass. Yeah. Through a test. Which is just and this is yeah, it's just so Apple uh, they, if you want to launch an alternate app marketplace, you need to have a letter of credit from an A-rated financial institution and at least a million euros in the bank. Uh, which I heard some developers say is actually kind of re- reasonable. It does mean that they have a backstop in case something terrible happens. Yeah. Um, which you do want for a company that's dealing with very large amounts of refunds, potentially. Right. Um, but the, what they're definitely not allowing is, so like there's some progress here. They're definitely not allowing side loading. No. Like, People keep saying that. But I've yes. seen articles published <laughs> in the last week that are saying that Apple is allowing side loading. Really? And as f- far as I can tell, they are not. <laughs> I heard, I, I saw a bunch of initial articles talking about it, but in, like, if, it's so annoying because you, you have some people who I think view side loading as just... Anything that isn't the app store? <laughs> yeah, which is like, well... Words have meanings. Yeah, sideloading should mean going to a website or something or downloading a file, an APK file or, I forget what Torrent. they're called, a package file on, I don't know what it is on iOS, but, and then double-clicking that file to install it. And you're not getting it through a, a, an app store at all. Uh, to me, that's sideloading. But you know, fair enough. Apple people, you know, they're in they're in their own world sometimes. It's like you're calling her your side chick, and she's just your wife. Like, I will say, <laughs> I will say that every time I talk about Apple, I get self conscious about whether like Apple people listening to this, people who are Apple fans listening to this, think that I like absolutely just hate Apple. And I don't, I don't at all. I think that they every day he walks into the office and he just punches a picture of Tim Cook. <laughs> just got a, on a dartboard. He doesn't even throw the darts. He just <clears throat> I will defeat you and take your place. <laughs> That's what he's been practicing for. Yeah, Barbara, come on. Um, Tim Tim Cook's skin suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Apple. I used to be an Apple user uh, before I I got hired at NCIX and like just fully got brainwashed into PC ecosystem. Uh, my wife uses Apple. Everyone, like a lot of people I know, use Apple, and I'm like, it's good for you. It's good for a certain they type are of very people. Very high quality products. The UI is 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 simple. The design is slick, uh, and it, they're easy to use, and they're secure. You know, the, they are for better or worse. That the the measures that Apple takes does uh, help these people. These these poor people <laughs> who don't know how to use a phone unless Apple tells them how to. Um, See, I just I did it again. It's I can't. Compulsive. I can't be fully positive. <laughs> so you got some notes here. Uh, commissions paid to Apple have been reduced to ten percent for most devs and for subscriptions after the first year, and then there's a seventeen percent commission for digital goods and services, and that is if if developers choose to adopt the new business terms. Yes, you can stay on the old business terms where it's like 30% or 15%, depending on what your position is in the developer marketplace, how popular you are, you know, et cetera, et cetera, how much revenue you're getting. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but here's the kicker. See, if, if just, just from that, it sounds like... It sounds awesome. It sounds like you should move. 
But they also introduced, oh, so add on to that potential 17%, the 3% fee if you still want to use Apple's payment processing. If you want to use an alternative payment processing, you can drop that 3% fee. But Apple also introduced an additional core technology fee of half a euro for each annual install per user after the app crosses a 1 million installs threshold. And I am almost positive that they make this so hard to understand on purpose. Yeah, like if you, (laughs) if math was your least favorite subject in school, this is meant to trick you. Yeah, for sure. Because it it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's super complicated to to understand, to like really grok what's going on here. Yeah, and it it took me a while to wrap my head around it. But Mm -hmm. so essentially, the first time a user goes to install an app, on their device, if they've never installed this app before, uh, the, when they install it, the developer will pay half a euro. Then that user can install that app anywhere they want on other devices and the developer won't be charged for 12 months. 12 months after the day that the user installs the app for the first time. Then if they uninstall it and reinstall it or install it on another device, then the developer will be pinged again. Ding. Yeah, dinged, not pinged. They won't get a little message reminding them to reply to an email or something. Um, yeah, so, and that happens for every user over, a, after the app has been installed one million times. So if you've got two million, that's half a million euros in fees. Yes, so, and they have a handy calculator so developers they can do. go and see how much they might lose. To see <laughs> or, how absolutely ruined they're going to yeah. be. And most developers, it seems, if you have a, an app that's popular of, a, a, in any way. To any degree. If you have but over a million But particularly if you do not have in-app purchases. Mm. Like if you, because I was thinking about my favorite game back in the day, which was Plants vs. Zombies, the first one before they ruined it. And <laughs> it in good. that game, I only paid for that game once. Yeah. But I like to re-download it every few years to play it again. Mm. I would be financially... Well, the developer would. The developer, no, like I would be punishing them. Yes, yes. They would be getting punished for my love. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. affection and my nostalgia for this game and the fact that they're not pushy with in-app purchases, mm-hmm. that you don't, it's not a live service game that's constantly trying to suck the life out of you, that would actually be penalized it's, by uh, this kind of game, but this kind of uh, payment structure. And Apple has said that they are like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna protect against uh, people maliciously doing, yeah, this. people taking advantage of the system if they want to like." But you can also cancel developers unmaliciously be severely punished by yeah. this, and that's actually far more likely. I think it was it was it was such whiplash. Oh, and one more thing, uh, that core technology fee of half a euro, it applies to alternate app marketplaces for every install. They don't they need to wait. They are not protected by the one million install threshold. Yeah, so you don't have to wait for uh, an app marketplace to be installed a million times. Now, all these numbers, like it, it, does it only have to be installed one million times in the EU? Presumably, I feel like that's true. Presumably, yeah, it must be. It'd be weird if it wasn't. It'd be weird if like you had like a million installs in like. I don't know, Tajikistan. Yeah. And you had one install over that limit in the EU and suddenly you owed Apple <laughs> like a dollar. Yeah. So there's like 
there's sort of that's unintuitive. There, there's sort of a you can see Apple's side here a little bit because, as we've said, EU people say again and again how not popular iPhones are mm. and iMessages in Europe. Although iPhone is more popular than iMessage. That's true. A you lot just, of people will you still just have iPhones. WhatsApp on it. Yeah, for and then sure. WhatsApp gets dinged. <clears throat> um, but. Yeah, this came out and the, 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 the news came out and it seemed like, oh my gosh, the EU got Apple. You know, they <laughs> we've we've been forcing they basically forced them to put USB C in the iPhone. Yes. Um Apple finally caved to that, I think before they really had to, but like they made it clear, I think at some point I remember they a press knew release it was inevitable. about how they were like, This is worse but we're doing it anyway i guess for you even though the connector's better than lightning whatever um i don't know if it's if it's like a factual thing i always felt that the the lightning connectors wore out faster ah the actual connector that's themselves are are, are pretty are pretty robust but the, like the the, the I've, I've, i found the cables fraying the, the cables fray like anything else like uh, nothing else um yeah or maybe that's just because i was jumping a rope with them <coughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Um, Apple, I got I got whiplash when we record, re- reported on this. It was like, wow, the EU got Apple. And then the more you read into it, the more like, oh, this is so. This is why people called it malicious compliance. However, one one other thing that came out at the same time was Apple announced that globally, gaming uh, apps, uh, cloud gaming apps, can now list all of their library and have their library of games accessible from within the iOS app on the App Store, which was not allowed before. Yeah, to list them all individually. Well, that's what Apple wanted them to do, like Xbox. Resident and, Evil One, Resident Evil Two, Resident yeah. Evil Three, and Code Veronica. Xbox, Xbox, basically said, "Yeah, no, we're not doing that." And then they just, you know, had the web app. Basically, you could go to GeForceNow.com. Or Xbox Game Pass or whatever, and you could like use the browser to stream games, but it's not it's not a great solution. So that at least they kind of like that's the one thing that they unequivocally like gave ground on, but the rest of it it's it is it it remains to be seen how the whole Apple versus the EU situation will continue to play out here. Where do you think where do you see things going from here? Do you see the EU kind of calling Apple out on this and being like, no, this is not good enough? Or are they going to do like a similar thing that they did with iMessage because they know that iMessage like qualifies, but you know it's it's only their jurisdiction in Europe. You know it makes kind of sense. So do you it, think that it has they're going to do with just how we're defining what a market is? And if we're only defining it as the EU and we're only defining it as a lot of antitrust is like that, and it can be quite frustrating because it feels like you know principally you should be doing it this way, but no, it it it, it is done by rule. It is done by these esoteric, very specific principles that are we have been using legally as jurisprudence for hundreds of years, and they don't really make a lot of sense unless you're very immersed in them. Yeah, I um, mean that, uh, but. I, I do think that Apple is going to get significantly more pushback for what they've been doing with the App Store mm. than they will for, like, I do not think it's going to go. Maybe they're not going, like, maybe regulators are not going to push them that hard, but I cannot imagine they'll just give them a complete carve out and accept these new rules. Yeah, they're just, they, they're ridiculous. They, because they, 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 they you basically have actively worse yeah. than the rules they were forced to change. Developers basically have a choice between 
sticking with Apple's old rules, which are the proper right rules that you should follow, or switching to this new system because they really, really, really want to launch a third-party, uh, like like their apps on the third-party app store, or like Epic, they want to launch their own third-party app store. But by doing that, they're getting a so a, much worse of a deal. A hefty financial yeah. penalty. And basically the only people, you know, Ep- Epic has said, they're, we're going to launch Fortnite on iOS through the Epic Game Store when we launch that as a, a new app marketplace, you know, when we're, w- later this year. But, you know, like the Epic Game Store, it promises to be a losing mo- an exercise in losing money because they're going to be they're still going to be paying Apple crazy Through amounts of fees if they do this. Through I the nose. I half expect them to just say like, you know what, we're still not going to do it because I th- I feel like they wanted to take this win, quote unquote. They wanted to they wanted to revel a little bit in Apple being forced to allow third party app stores by saying, haha, we're we are going to launch our app store because they just weren't allowed that, to do that at all before. Now they can do it, but it's going to be like at what cost? At a, a big one. But the thing is, like, we're not the only ones who are aware of this. Like, regulators are likely to be aware that, like, offering someone a choice that technically exists, mm. but is effectively the exact same choice as before. It's just like, well, like previously I said you could go by my rules, and now you have the option of going by my rules or stepping into this bear trap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just, I cannot imagine that will fly. Yeah. And then there's the whole question of whether like the EU should be attempting to regulate these companies in this way, you know, because I as far as as far so far, it seems like the EU has kind of like put through regulations that at least to us in the tech sphere, we don't, you know, obviously we we aren't really involved in uh, keeping up with with uh, European regulations in non-tech uh uh, Speak for yourself. F- sure. Yeah. Potholes. I mean, and we can't talk about it now, uh, even if we are caught up with it. But like with other areas of politics, we're not going to like delve into like, oh, the EU is regulating, you know, like healthcare or all these things, right? We like, we, should there be a tariff on Brussels sprouts? Yeah, exactly. We're we're talking about tech stuff, and as far as that, we like what the EU has done so far, broadly. Um, but the question becomes. When do they stop? You know, like at, at, at what point will the EU say, "All right, that's enough regulation now"? Like the market is is uh, sufficiently defreedomized a little bit so that uh, you know it's a bit more fair. But I, I I hope that they stop at the right point instead of just continuing to like impose more and more regulations on companies mm-hmm. such that because sometimes you can foster innovation, other times you can stifle innovation with regulation. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't live in Europe. We live in Canada. Which is essentially the Europe of North America. I think you offended a lot of Europeans there. And I'm glad. Primarily because it's a country and not... <laughs> uh, okay, well, let me say goodbye to the Europeans in, in their own language. Thank you for watching, guys. Um, <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to TechLinked. A bientôt. Uh, see you. Okay. Oh, Wiedersehen. That might be too offensive to include in the video. Ciao. But I'm not going to do an alternative, so we're forced to use it. <laughs>